You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 30. Hey guys, we're doing a birth story today. I recorded this episode with my friend Maria a long time ago, about six six or so months ago, um, and I'm really excited to share it because I vividly remember during her interview, like getting goosebumps multiple times. She just has such an amazing story to share. So Maria is currently a 23-year-old mom of two. She lives in Germany with her two children, and she has a blended family. She, at 19 years old, found out that she was pregnant. She was living at the time in a foreign country. She's not even from Germany. And her seemingly normal pregnancy at 19 years old turned kind of into any mom's worst scenario, worst situation. She talks about how her doctors just really refused to listen to her about her symptoms. She was having a lot of symptoms of preeclampsia and she actually developed eclampsia. So we're going to hear her talk about that. Many people know what preeclampsia is, and preeclampsia is fairly common. And we, we under, you know, we've heard, you've likely heard of someone or experienced preeclampsia yourself, or you've heard, you know, oh, my friend had preeclampsia, but eclampsia is not very common. So we're going to hear her talk about her experience having eclampsia with her first baby. She ended up delivering that baby at 30 weeks via emergency C-section and her little girl spent six weeks in the NICU. Adjusting to this life after the NICU certainly wasn't easy for her and she suffered with postpartum depression and post-traumatic stress disorder as well just from this really traumatic experience. After a few years, she did want to extend her family, and she was met by the hard road that trying to conceive can be for some couples. She had multiple miscarriages. She was diagnosed with something called antiphospholipid syndrome, but eventually was able to get pregnant and delivered a healthy term baby via VBACs. We're going to hear about that as well. Her whole message throughout this whole thing, and again, this is just such an amazing story. I'm even getting goosebumps like thinking about it again. Um, but her her whole thing is that she urges moms to be to use their voice during their pregnancy and to stand up for themselves if needed and if they're having certain symptoms, if they really want this, that, or the other, and know that their feelings and their symptoms, what they're experiencing are very important and worth bringing up. She wants everyone to know, don't worry about being that pregnant lady. It might save your baby. And I cannot agree with her more. So without further ado, let's hear Maria's story. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Today's episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was sponsored by Juna. Juna is the companion app for your motherhood journey. I've talked about Juna a lot on my podcast before. I've had Sarah, the founder of Juna, on my podcast to um, share her birth stories and talk a little bit more about Juna. But 
Juna is basically an app that you can download on your phone. I currently have it downloaded on my phone and I have the right week in there of my pregnancy and it gives you fitness information and nutrition information for the current week that you're in. It follows you throughout your whole pregnancy and into postpartum and it gives you scientifically backed up-to-date fitness and nutrition information all in one place. When you download Juna, you'll enter your baby's due date if you're expecting or your baby's birthday if you just had your baby. Then you'll be put directly into the appropriate week of your journey. There's a key nutrient every single week with recipe suggestions, a daily trimester specific workout, and pregnancy and postpartum tips from Sarah and the team at Juna. There's really no other app like it out there. I personally use this app um, to work out, it's really, really easy. I just put my phone on a tripod and I, you know, sometimes I do it at the office, sometimes I do it at home and I just follow these little workouts and they're super easy. Um, very, very easy to follow and you can do modifications. It's not like these crazy, crazy, hard, hard workouts where you're like, oh my God, I'm dying because <laughs> I don't like working out like that. There are upper body, lower body, total body, and then barilates, I think I'm saying that's right, um, which focus on core, pelvic floor, and booty. I think those are my favorite ones that I've done. I've done all of them, but I like the barilates ones the best. There's also postpartum workouts, three different programs, one that kind of gets you started in the first six weeks after you give birth because you don't want to be doing anything super strenuous at that point. And it's all about pelvic floor re-strengthening, okay? And then the next two programs kind of build on each other after you get clearance from your doctor or your provider at six weeks. I love it. Um, I think it's a really, really great, easy app. She's always adding stuff in there too, so it's got a lot of really, really great information in there. Sarah is also giving a special offer to all the Mommy Labor Nurse listeners. If you are interested in this app, you have a free seven-day trial, but right now you can get Juna for 20% off a full subscription, a yearly subscription, by using the code LIESEL, that's L-I-E-S-E-L, at subscribe.juna.co. Again, that's 20% off any subscription from Juna, and the promo code is Liesel, my first name, L-I-E-S-E-L at subscribe.juna.co. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, all of that good stuff? Sure. So um, I'm Maria. I'm 23 years old. Um, I have two kids, uh, four years and four months, and we live in Germany. Awesome. Very cool. So we are going to be doing a birth story. Well, two birth stories today, guys. We're going to be talking about Maria's um, first birth and then her second one. So let's go back um, to when you kind of found out you were pregnant with your first one. Let's go way back and talk about that experience. <laughs> if you had any trouble getting pregnant or anything like that. Gosh, no, I was actually 19. So yeah. it was totally unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it came out of nowhere and it was quite a shock, but I grew very attached to a pregnancy quite fast. And eventually, you know, in the beginning, it is like this, not everybody was happy about it, but eventually everybody was extremely excited about it and yeah. I wouldn't change it. And yeah, it's, it's a dream come true, honestly. 
Of course. Of course. Awesome. So you found out you were pregnant. Very, very surprised, obviously. <laughs> so let's go throughout the pregnancy. Did you have any complications, anything, you know, how was the pre- pregnancy in general? The pregnancy was actually great. Um, I've heard from moms and everybody, you know, that the first trimester was quite hard. And I honestly didn't have any of these symptoms. Like, um, I was not sick at all. That's great. I was, if anything, tired, but not as bad as I thought it would be. That came the second time around then. Yeah. Yeah. I think it honestly, I was just talking about this the other day. I think like second pregnancies are so much more they're much more common to be, you're more fatigued. You might be a little bit more sick because you just have another child that you have to take care of. Yeah, <laughs> I feel right. like it's so, just, you're more tired because you're, you have more responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I survived both of them. So I'm glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, progressing through your pregnancy, you know, getting in the third trimester, do you have any, anything going on? Everything was good so far, you said? Um, no, actually, I never made it into the third trimester because my mm. daughter came at 27 weeks. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my pregnancy was fine, I thought. Um, I was doing fine. Honestly, just the, the everyday uh, pregnant woman complained. So everything yeah. was, I had pains, you know, I was tired, but everything was okay. Yeah. Um, at this point, I was seeing my doctor weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how it is in, in other parts of the world, but here in Germany, for example, before you go in for your ultrasound or before you see a doctor, um, a nurse will take your blood pressure, they will take your weight and they will take a urine sample. Mm-hmm. And so I, she does all of this. And then I step on the scale and I immediately noticed that I had gained a lot of weight very, very fast. Mm. And I tell her and she tells me, oh, you know, this is totally normal. You're in like basically your last stretch of pregnancy. So this is nothing to worry about. I'm like, okay. So I try to be chill about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I go and see the doctor and he's, he was always like very pleasant, very chatty. And I love this because it gave me kind of like security. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything was okay. He started the same way. And then suddenly he was like very quiet and he was looking very deep to the monitor like he was very focused Mm. and you know my hands started getting super sweaty and I just I asked him is everything okay and he tells me no not really Uh and I start panicking you know this moment like I felt like my heart had just dropped to my stomach yeah because you never want to hear that from your doctor exactly for sure and so I gather all my strength and I ask him what's wrong, you know, because we had already heard the heartbeat and the 20 week scan didn't show any abnormalities or anything. So I'm like, what, what's going on? And he tells me, well, your baby hasn't really been growing. Mm. And I actually felt such a rush of relief because out of all the horrible scenarios in my head, Mm -hmm. honestly, a small baby was not like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. there could be worse than that. Right. Of course. Yeah. So he tells me, yeah, your baby hasn't honestly been growing. By then I was actually 30 weeks, but I was still measuring at 27. So he said that was something to be concerned about. And he tells me that I should go to the hospital the next day to get her checked and see if maybe she would have to come a bit earlier Mm -hmm. because there is the possibility that she would develop better outside than inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next day we, so um, her dad and I, we drive to the hospital 
and yeah, they run tons of tests, ultrasounds, and they decide that in fact I have to stay in the hospital until my due date in total and absolute bed rest. <laughs> and yeah. of course, and I was how, excited. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like, how did that hit? Like, that's probably not what you were expecting expecting at all. No, of course, I was a total blow because yeah, um, I have to mention I'm actually from Mexico, so my whole family was ah. back home. And I was living alone in a foreign country mm. and like my ex-partner had to go work. He, so it's not like I could have somebody by my side all the yeah. time. Plus I had to share a room, you know? Yeah. So I had her visitors coming in, mine out. So it was oh. not an ideal situation. Yeah. Oh gosh. And so how long did you stay in the hospital before your baby was born? So they told me that I was going to stay there um, until she would have to come out. Mm-hmm. So at that time I was thinking 10 weeks. Yeah, but um, four days into this, I started noticing that my hands were extremely swollen, mm. and so was my face. Like I looked at myself in the mirror, and like I told uh, my ex partner, I look like Fiona from Shrek. My my <laughs> face was extremely puffy, and my <laughs> hands <laughs> my hands were so swollen that I could not even make a fist. Yeah. Oh. So uh, my German at the time was horrible. Mm-hmm. So I tell. Um, my ex-partner, please tell the nurse next time that she comes and checks on me that my hands and my face are extremely swollen. And um, so she comes in and I, you know, I give him the look, like now is when you say something. Mm-hmm. And he tells me, no, no, everything is okay. Uh-oh. But yeah, I didn't really love that. And so I tried my worst and totally broken German to tell her that my hands and my face were swollen, plus uh, the rapid a weight gain that I had mm-hmm. noticed uh, at my doctor. Mm-hmm. But she tells me that I'm such a Google mom not to worry and that everything is fine. Ugh. I tried telling her that my mom had had preeclampsia uh, in one of her pregnancies. But, you know, she just tells me everything is okay. She just it, completely brushed you off, basically. Yeah, she totally dismissed me. And yeah. I honestly thought maybe I am making myself crazy. Yeah, because you start to doubt yourself when somebody, you you know, you're trusting these experts and they're saying, exactly. oh no, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. It's like, wait a second, am I really like, now I'm not trusting myself. So, oh, that's frustrating. I feel right. your frustration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, the next time she comes in, I'm trying to tell her that I'm really not feeling well, mm-hmm. but she just tells me, you know what? We are totally full and the hospital needs your bed. So uh, you're just laying here in bed. So we're going to let you go home. Mm. And I was actually happy, you know, because of course being laying in a hospital bed with a neighbor is not the ideal situation. Well, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I convinced myself that I was crazy and there was nothing wrong with me. So yeah. I was happy to go home. Yeah. Um, that night I had the absolute worst headache I've had in my life. Mm. It felt like stabbing pains to my brain. And I decided not to wake up my ex-partner because I had been accused of complaining a lot during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that's normal. I mean, we're allowed to. We're carrying a human. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're allowed yeah, to complain so- as much as we want. <laughs> Yeah, so I decided not to wake him up because he has to go to work the next day and I decided not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wake up in the morning and since I didn't sleep so good, I wake up around 10.30 in the morning, I want to say, mm-hmm. and my vision is totally blurry. Mm-hmm. The headache is still there. I'm still totally swollen. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, of course, you have a headache and blurry vision. You haven't eaten anything. 
so I go downstairs, I fix myself some, something to eat, and I just had this horrible sickness, and I had to go to the toilet and puke. Mm. And I'm like, well, this is weird. I mean, I had never had a problem with morning sickness, but I mean, right. I'm pregnant, right? So this is totally normal. Right, of course, right. there's nothing wrong with this. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing I remember. Next oh. thing I remember is I open my eyes and I'm laying on the floor and I have paramedics uh, looking down on me and asking me if I know what happened. Oh, gosh. And I say, no, I don't, I don't know what happened. They tell me, well, you fell down the stairs and you were found underneath the stairs um do you know which year it is do you know your name all of these questions and I could answer them um and I pass out again oh. I wake up and I'm being loaded to the back of an ambulance and I ask them is my baby okay and they tell me we're gonna take good care of you but like the not the English plural version of you and the baby, oh. but you, you, Maria, we're going to take care of you. Oh. So I am laying there on the stretcher and I'm just trying to be as still as I can because I just want to feel the baby move, you know? Yeah, yeah of course. Like that makes me want to cry thinking about that. Like how yeah. scared you were. Ugh. And I'm not feeling anything. I cannot feel her move. So I'm mm. freaking out. And suddenly my eyes are like super heavy. I cannot open them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my body is going extremely heavy mm. and tight. And I have like, I'm, the palms of my hands feel like they're being stabbed. I would later recognize that these were, these were my nails clawing into my palms. Uh, so you were seizing. I was having a seizure, exactly. Oh. I had four seizures in less than two hours. Oh, um, each one of them lasting longer than a minute and a half. So I had significant brain damage after that. Oh. I, we get to the hospital. A, a helicopter had to be called uh, to bring a doctor in case the worst case was having to get the baby out in the ambulance even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While I'm laying there in the stretcher in the ambulance, I can hear them. I can hear the paramedics talking. I can hear the doctor getting in the ambulance and I cannot move. I cannot say anything. I keep on seizing Mm -hmm. and I just, I am so mad because I'm like, seriously, I'm going to die and I'm not even going to meet my baby. That's everything that was going on in my head at the time. And I try to stay awake for as long as I can because, and I go in my head, I know that I am seizing and I studied psychology so I am trying to stay awake and to go through every memory from the back of my head that I can think of mm-hmm. and suddenly I just lose consciousness again and I wake up three days later oh jeez! I had a really bad case of brain swelling yeah. after all of these seizures my daughter arrived um, with an emergency section it lasted mm-hmm. only minutes mm-hmm. And it was a total miracle that we actually both survived that. And I'm so happy to hear that, that she was able to survive. Did, did she have any, um, was she okay when she was born? Did she just have to have NICU time or did she have any medical issues afterwards? No, she was perfectly fine. She, the doctors told me she even came out crying. Wow. Yeah. And I was always sad that I missed that. I always felt like I missed yeah. her birth because I, of yeah. course I was there, but I wasn't there. I never heard her first cry. Yeah. 
course. You know, so that's really wake up three days later. Like, gosh. Yeah, because I mean, I I opened my eyes three days later, but I was totally conscious before, and I could hear everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm like, oh my god, is this coma? Is this what coma patients are like? Can they hear everything and they just cannot do anything? Yeah. And I just, I tried to cry just so somebody would see my tears and know that I was there, but nothing was coming out. And I could oh. hear the visitors and I was just like, somebody tells me how the baby's doing, please. Oh. But nobody was telling me. Wow. How crazy to hear that. That's so interesting yeah. to be, it was almost, did you almost feel like you were in like a dream like state? kind of sort of you no you hear. know it felt more like you know Sunday mornings when the kids are making a mess and you're like not really awake but uh-huh. still like you know uh-huh. that uh-huh. exactly like that like you can hear everything but you don't really want to wake up gotcha gotcha yeah wow. that's wow how crazy so guys I think this is just the whole time I'm thinking while you're talking like this is a perfect example of how when you don't take moms seriously <laughs> there it, it, these things can happen you know if the nurse or the doctor or somebody had just picked up on the fact that hey this patient is having very very classic signs of preeclampsia and she has a history of preeclampsia in her family hey like let's take her seriously i mean that could have all been prevented like that's Exactly. And that's what really bothers me because, I mean, I know that to um, avoid preeclampsia from developing or evolving into eclampsia, that sometimes delivering the baby is necessary. Right, right. And I mean, yeah, she would have been born early, but maybe I would have been able to witness her birth. Maybe I would not have been, I would not have had seizures and my now husband would not make fun of me and calling me Dory because I forget everything, (laughs) you know? Um, Oh, so, yes, and it would have been, it would have been traumatic for you. I think exactly. that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because even now, four years on, I still deal with PTSD. I, yeah. I dealt for a very long time with uh, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sure. up until this day, if we're driving on the highway and an ambulance is coming near us. I have to close my eyes and my husband has to turn the radio really loud so I don't hear it because in that moment, I just want to make myself a ball and I start bawling my eyes mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. It's still very hard. And I think, and I know that all of this would have been prevented mm-hmm. if somebody would have just listened to me. And this is mm-hmm. something that I want moms to know that they have a voice and they should make themselves heard mm-hmm. because it really can make a life changing. Um, it, it's life changing, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a serious, serious thing. And you're, it's, you're so right in that. And oh, I just feel for you. So tell me, um, tell me how you're, reco- cause I am interested to hear how your recovery was with this baby. So my recovery was actually quite fast. Um, I could not walk for a few days, of course, because of the C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not actually allowed to see my daughter for two days Mm. and that was very hard on me but then as soon as I could walk I walked and a lot of doctors told me that I recovered so well because I kind of knew that my baby needed me and that I kind of unconsciously put herself um, her before me so that's why I healed so fast 
um, physically speaking, mentally it took me a while. I still work on, on my brain exercises and yeah. all of this. Yeah, uh, no, I'm sure. I still had, yeah, my C-section scar took a while to heal mm -hmm. because I didn't take proper care of it because of course my head was everywhere but taking care of myself. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, physically, I the healing was fast, but mentally, the brain damage was it's it's still taking a toll up to this day. Of course, of course. Now I can only imagine. And what kind of did you have any physical therapy afterwards, or what? What do you do now? Who do you see? What do you see a neurologist? Yeah, so I saw a neurologist for a while. Mm -hmm. They wanted to actually prescribe me with anti-seizure medication. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, this doesn't really, like, I don't know. I mean, I am not epileptic. Right. You know? It's not really that the was... reason you were having the seizures. Exactly. Yeah. So I changed doctors around a lot. And this is something else that's super important that I think everybody should know. You don't have to stay just with the first doctor that you go to. If right. you don't feel comfortable, you should totally change because I went through a lot of neurologists um, because they wouldn't pay attention to me or they would tell me like, yeah, you're totally fine. Mm -hmm. You know, because they expected the damage to be so much bigger after four grand mal seizures that they tell me, uh, well, you're fine now. So uh, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I see what you mean. They were, it's like they had too wide of a spectrum that they see patients who these types of things have happened and they're like, oh, you're doing great. And you're like, well, I right. still have these issues. Like, Hey, can you, yeah. take, can you take me a little more serious here? So nobody ever gave me a good answer or anything. And to be honest, at one point, I think that I was just, well, you know, busy with a newborn and everything. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just happy to be alive and that I know my name. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to go to a doctor anymore. And I think that was kind of like, not the best thing to do, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, let's talk. Let's let's go to, to your next pregnancy because I know you have. You said you have a four-month-old, correct? Right. So let's talk about that journey. And if you had any troubles, trouble getting pregnant with that pregnancy, and you know, let's move on from from this first one. Right. So um, my at the time, fiance and I, we decided that we wanted to expand the family. Yeah. And I didn't want it to just say, yeah, let's try getting pregnant. I wanted to first go to a doctor and make sure that I was okay to start trying, you know, yeah. due yeah. to this whole history. I wanted to make sure that I was okay to start trying. Yeah. So I was not living at the same place where I was when my daughter came. So I had to look for a new doctor mm -hmm. and a quick, quick Google search gave me a doctor that was 10 minutes walking from my mm -hmm. apartment. So I was like, oh, that's great. So I went there and he tells me, I mean, I think I was kind of expecting, I don't know, some blood work or an ultrasound to see if there was no scar tissue. I don't know. Maybe I just watched too much Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but he tells me, well, you're 23. So I don't know what you're expecting me to say. Just start trying and let's see where it goes. Yeah. And I got pregnant the first month that we start trying. Okay. And I was super happy. I told my husband in the most Pinterest way possible and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and just a few days later, I had a miscarriage. Oh. And I'm it was heartbreaking. Yeah. 
thing. I went to the doctor and I told him what happened. And he tells me, well, you know, these things happen. Yeah. And I know that it's true. I know that a lot of pregnancies end in miscarriage. And some women don't even know them. No, they don't know that it happened because right. they are not testing as soon as women who are trying, right. you know? Right. So my own mom had a miscarriage. So I am not, I'm trying not to be discouraged. I know these things happen as heartbreaking yeah. as it is. Yeah. He doesn't mention anything about waiting or anything. He just tells me to keep on trying. Mm-hmm. The second month comes along. Again, I get pregnant. And again, after a few weeks, I have a miscarriage. Oh. And I'm like, this is not normal. So I go and tell him, uh, my doctor, what happened and he tells me I told you these things happen I don't know what else do you want and that's when I said this is not gonna happen to me again no this is not I'm not gonna be just pushed away so of course I changed doctors yeah of course Um, and I'm I'm thinking like this is this is so um familiar sounding of the experience that you had before you know people aren't taking you seriously and you're like well, I'm, I'm again, not, you know, kind of being brushed aside, like, oh, you yeah. know, these things happen, whatever, you'll get pregnant. It's like, oh. Right. I, I think that's a problem that a lot of young moms deal with. Yeah. And I was definitely pissed. And this time my German was way, way better yeah. to stand up for myself and be like, I don't care. I'm going to look for somebody who actually will listen to me. Yeah. And I went to another doctor and he tells me definitely... Uh, this history of preeclampsia and then miscarriages are not normal. So uh, let's get yeah. to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I feel so relieved because finally I have somebody who's going to stand up with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he sends me for blood work. He orders ultrasounds and everything. And within a very few weeks, he's able to realize that I have, oh my God, I can't even believe it. I'm going to try to pronounce this. An antiphospholipid syndrome, something okay. like this. Okay. Which has something to do with the way my blood coagulates. Okay. So, so it's a bleeding, some I sort honestly, of bleeding disorder. Exactly. Okay. So apparently this was the reason for everything, the preeclampsia and the two oh. miscarriages that I suffered. And we will get right back into today's episode after a quick break from this week's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Juna. Juna is the companion app for your motherhood journey. As I talked about in the intro, Juna was created to provide scientifically backed, up-to-date fitness and nutrition information all in one place. There are new follow-along workouts every week so you never get bored, and I personally use Juna myself. I've been using it pretty much throughout my whole pregnancy, except kind of in the first trimester because I was so dang exhausted. (laughs) But I really love it and I really personally um, can back it because I, I personally use it. There are upper body, lower body, total body, and a cool workout called Barilates, which focuses on your core, your pelvic floor, and your booty. There are also postpartum workouts, even though if you're pregnant, you're not quite there yet. But there are three different programs, one that gets you started in the first six weeks, and it's all about pelvic floor re-strengthening, and then the other two programs that build on each other after you get clearance from your provider at six weeks. There are also week-by-week nutrition tips with specific nutrients to focus on and recipes. 
And finally, there are also just great weekly tips from the founder, Sarah, for reminders on putting together birth plans, dealing with constipation and nausea, and preparing for labor and postpartum. So right now you can get Juna for 20% off your subscription by using the code LIESEL at subscribe.juna.co. That's L-I-E-S-E-L at subscribe.juna.co. And now let's get back into today's episode. And I'm like, okay, so where do we go from here? And he tells me, um, first things first, it, it was easy for me to get pregnant. It was hard to stay pregnant. So he tells me, you try getting pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And if you are able to, then we'll see from there. Um, I get pregnant. I'm super happy. And he tells me from now on, you're going to be taking a low dose of aspirin or baby mm-hmm. aspirin. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And he tells me, and after 12 weeks or, you know, when the chances um, are better, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about if heparin shots are needed. Mm-hmm. And honestly, week after week, day after day, I was just trying to go by, you know, I was just like, can we please just get to week 12 already? I think that every pregnant woman knows what yes. I'm talking about. Yeah. Those 12 weeks and you're like, you know, anxiously waiting. We made yes. It. <laughs> yes. God, it feels, it feels like the whole, like whole pregnancy, you know, in those 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And we made it to 12 weeks and we did another blood work and he tells me yeah indeed you have to take hair print shots mm-hmm. and of course i was not very happy about it because yeah it hurts yeah who wants to do hair print shots every day of course yeah but i mean it was what's gonna what was gonna give my baby the best chance so of right. course i was gonna do it of course and i did that i had to inject myself every single day until the end of the pregnancy and then six weeks after that mm-hmm. and it was horrible and it was painful and i had nowhere else because i had to inject myself in the stomach mm. and after a few weeks i had nowhere else to poke myself because i everything was blue and black and purple yeah and it was painful, but I actually kept all of my injections or all of the syringes because mm-hmm. in here you're, you're not allowed to just throw them to a trash. You have to bring them to a hospital oh. once you're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I kept all of them in the box. And my doctor, very, he told me, he was very nice. And he told me every single time that you put a syringe in, you are one shot closer to meeting your perfectly healthy baby. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's like a little, a nice little perspective. Exactly. So it was indeed like that. Every shot brought me closer to my perfectly healthy baby. And the pregnancy went fine. We had a little scare at 28 weeks when I had some contractions. Mm. Um, But my, my husband, he was the best and he was like, yeah, we're going to the hospital. So, you know, that really made a difference being Mm -hmm. with somebody who is going to fight for you and who's going to take you seriously and yes. won't mind being the husband or the partner of the crazy lady who <laughs> thinks she has absolutely every pregnancy related syndrome and yeah. sickness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so big shout out to my husband for not caring that I was super crazy and taking <laughs> me to the hospital. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> because I, I was indeed having contractions um, and they gave me some medicine to stop it. Mm-hmm. and everything was fine but I am so glad that I didn't say to myself you're just crazy let it go because yeah. 
possibly that made a huge difference, you know, an early intervention. Yeah. And yeah, um, our goal was 36 weeks, Yeah. you know, with a baby and 36 weeks came and I'm like, okay, baby, anytime now, (laughs) 37, 38, I'm looking like a whale. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't walk. I swing. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) And I just want this little boy out of me already. Yeah. And so oh, 39 weeks come by. I'm like, how? Seriously, how? And 39 plus four, I decide I'm, I'm done. He has to come out. So I, I cleaned the whole apartment uh-huh. and the contraction started. Oh boy. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it was, there was no doubt those were real birth related contractions yeah no Braxton Hicks those were real yeah go time contractions and you knew it like as soon as it happened (laughs) yeah there's no mistaking it those hurt if it hurts go to the hospital seriously so we drive to the hospital and it was around 11 p.m we get there and something that I liked about the German vision of births is that your your birth is not attended by a doctor or nurses but by midwives mm-hmm. and it's everything very natural the rooms don't even look like a hospital they look yeah. like a very nice cozy room cool um pain medication is not something that is offered you actually have to be in a lot of pain and I ask many times for it to actually mm-hmm. get it i didn't get it <laughs> mm-hmm. um and I loved it because I was in control of my own birth, which is something that I didn't have the first time around. Yeah. I felt totally empowered. I was allowed to change positions. I was allowed to go into the tub. I was allowed to eat. Um, I had people in there with me. My sister and my husband were beside me. I was wearing my own gown. Yeah. And it totally made a difference. And after over a day <laughs> laboring, I was like, it's go time. It's go time. And I pushed a very fat baby out. Oh, yay. And I got to experience the, that first cry, Yeah, you know? And it was amazing. And in that moment, it was absolutely healing. It was like... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it I'm, just... Like it was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure it just completely... I mean, of course, it didn't, it didn't take from your first birth, you know, and your daughter, but it's like, gosh, yeah, I think you use the word healing, that it was like so healing to be able to experience that after all of that stuff that you went through the first time. Exactly. And I have to say, I also wouldn't change the way that my daughter came because it gave yeah. us such a strong bond. I mean, I sat yeah. next to her for six, six weeks next to her incubator for nine hours I just sat next to her and it has gave it's given me the way to meet a lot of moms who were in the exact same situation to fight for moms and their pregnancy and birth rights so I am I can I have to say I'm glad somehow yeah no I can that it not that it happened but you know it's brought me where we are right now and I, yeah, it, does, and I think it has that's made a great, us who we are. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to look at it too, that you're, you know, you're, it, it was such a traumatic experience, but you're actually looking at it and you're grateful for it. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, talk to us quickly about the recovery, how your postpartum recovery was with, was with your son. It was, um, well, sitting was very painful. Yeah. I'm, I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and I think I went to have this, the nurse's stash of these cooling pads, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was all of these things that I was not really expecting. Mm-hmm. I, I had no, I actually had no idea what I, what I was expecting. Yeah. But it was painful, but of course I could walk right away. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I don't, I don't know because I think it was in such a rush during yeah. the first days and so little sleep that I don't remember much, yeah. but it was the recovery was actually quite fast. I gotta okay. say, I mean, walking was a problem because I had to have stitches. So that made it a bit uncomfortable, but everything else was, was quite fine. Yeah. Well, that's good. And did you um, choose to breastfeed either? I guess, I guess your first one, you probably couldn't, if you wanted to, at first you couldn't breastfeed, you would, you would have had to pump, but how would, tell us about any, you know, your breastfeeding experience if you chose to. Right. So the first time I was not able to first yeah. because I was taking um, unnecessarily anti-seizure medication. Yeah. So she was formula fed for the first days, which there's nothing wrong with it, of course, but I just yeah. wish that I would have been able to breastfeed her. And yeah. plus the NICU nurses, my God, they're total angels. Honestly, yes, the work that they, they do is incredibly hard. But when I t- asked about breastfeeding, they told me, oh, you know, uh, preemie babies don't really do that so that was the end of it and we never did it sadly Mm -hmm. um but I would pump I pumped um every three hours Mm -hmm. for half an hour and yeah that was that was it and then for my son yeah as soon as he was out the midwife helped me latch him and it was great we are still breastfeeding and it's going great I and I love it yes that's so great. That is so great. Well, I think that is a great way to kind of wrap up this. And I mean, gosh, what what amazing story both <laughs> times. I mean, I, I felt like I was going to cry like a, a few times while you were talking, but oh my goodness. Wow. Did you, Maria, want to share if people wanted to follow along with you? They want to see you on social media. Do you have an Instagram? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at maria.f topper mm-hmm. and there's also a link to my blog mariatopper.com love it love it well i'll definitely link both of those in the show notes page for people to follow along with you well thank you so much maria this was such a great episode i feel like oh like i said so emotional <laughs> <laughs> thank you I, I love being able to share this and i hope that it makes a difference with another moms or moms to be that they know that they have a voice and they should really really use it Absolutely. I think this episode should be called like advocacy, <laughs> like in capital <laughs> letters, right? <laughs> yes, please. Awesome. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy 
or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.